how can you use your community and user groups to help you work with new rules and regulations that are impacting your industry? I spoke to Lauren Ueno about how she created a user group within a community to help her organization work with ESG. Now, ESG stands for Environmental, Social and Governance and other measures and strategies companies are taking to act responsibly. For example, when it comes to sustainability and having a diverse and inclusive workforce. And as Lauren says, it's a hot topic right now for organizations and how they work with this. In this conversation, we dive into what user groups are, how to create and run them, and how Lauren uses her community building skills to lead in an area where she is not an expert herself. Welcome to the Thriving Community Show, bringing you proven tactics and actionable advice from leading experts and community professionals. We talk about how to create a successful membership business. I'm your host, Philippa Yilstrom. Hey Lauren, it's really great to have you on the Thriving Community Show today. And I hear that you've had some really, really hectic weeks uh, these past weeks where you've been migrating uh, from one platform to another, the membership that you manage. And you've also been launching a new user group type. And it's that second thing that we're going to be talking about today. So let's dive in and yeah tell us what's been happening yeah so a lot has been happening um in the last few months like you said you know the world keeps spinning it keeps getting busier and busier um i think with the hecticness that um you know i found quite challenging is balancing a bringing back a our technology conference or a user conference and all of that and i think that's a lot of what community managers or community builders you know have to deal with day to day is like balancing our day-to-day jobs, but then also, you know, supporting our larger organization of holding or building up the our user conferences. So yeah, exactly what you were just saying. Back in, let's see, July, even though it sounds ages ago, it's been quite some time. We launched a new user group type for ESG. And for those of you who don't know what ESG means, it's environmental government sustainability. So we really are kind of targeting those folks um, to build up this community. Um, and this was kind of from net new. Our starting phases was we did have some interest within one of our current user groups um, types called the SEC Pro Group. And you know, we do see some financial reporters kind of dabbling more into ESG a little bit more in terms of, you know, where is carbon dating coming from? How are organizations filing back on their um, you know, even from a diversity standpoint? So very interesting stuff of what especially here in the U.S., what the government is now starting to ask organizations to do. So we started out with that tiny group of folks. Um, I think we had about 30, started to expand out a little bit more. So it is taking some time to gain traction, especially within the space. Um, And I find it quite exciting because ESG also is just emerging more so too. It's kind of a hot topic. And it is kind of like, where do we get that exposure? Where do we get that visibility? Okay. Okay. So I feel we need to back a little bit. So let's back up. <laughs> yeah. Let's back up a bit because I've, I've got like a hundred questions now. Okay. So which community are you a manager in? 
So I'm a manager and actually I'm a director of three separate, um, I would say topic specific communities. We are all now joined and aligned under what we have branded the pro groups communities. So there are three sub communities that follow SOX, which is SOX and audit practices. Um, it's financial here in the US. And we also have a SEC type topic community, which focuses on financial reporting or SEC reporting, dealing once again with the government here in the US and then this brand new community, the ESG professionals group. And once again, that follows environmental sustainability and governance. So all three communities and reason why I'm also here too today to talk to you a little bit about is one of the challenges I saw was just kind of, they were all on different platforms or all on their own pages. We created the pro groups community to bring them all together because I noticed some members fit within this category that they would dabble in all three or two or just one. But reason why I wanted to bring all these communities together in one space is for to increase that discoverability. And I know that's a lot of what community managers were after. How can we create an environment for self-discovery? Okay. Okay. And so you were bringing them together so that people didn't have to keep going in onto different platforms because did you have members that were in all three communities or or was it that also they were separate and you wanted to kind of bring them together so that they would be able to find one another and have conversations that they wouldn't have otherwise had? Correct. Yeah. It was to bring together everyone because like I said, folks might have been on one or two of these communities. And I think also just looking at from a user perspective, I wouldn't want to have multiple login credentials. I also wanted to kind of solve for a few of these um, these user group types or these sub-communities, lower engagement levels. And I suspect it was, you know, people forget what their login credentials, people forget even just the domain name. You know, wh- where do I log into? What is, if I don't always go to this community? So my hope is bringing everyone under one umbrella within the pro groups community name one place, one username, but you have access to all the communities, all sorry, all these sub communities, all these user groups, all the topics. Okay, okay, great. And then you're you are trusting that that then is going to mean that at least retention or engagement will not retention so much, but engagement will be a little higher because it's just easier to access all of this. Correct. Um okay, so then you're creating this new user group type which is is stemming from is it new regulations new rules new interest in um what did you call it sc esg esg okay yeah so yeah um so is this sort of new regulations or a new trend when it comes to esg yeah it's a fairly newer trend and regulation especially here in the united states i think it sort of has been more of a thing worldwide, especially in Europe. It's just on sustainability. How are organizations looking at, you know, basic things like waste? You know, how are we building a more sustainable environment, whether it's like in supply chain? How much waste are we producing? How can we report that back? You've probably seen a lot of organizations now reporting on, you know, we have X amount of diverse people within our organization. You know, if we cut back or we are using X amount of recycled parts, how are governments starting to regulate this? How are we starting to standardize this? Here in the United States, it is kind of taking the interest, especially from the U.S. government, 
of what is that going to look like. So right now, a lot of organizations in finance or financial teams are just waiting to hear back from the U.S. government on what is that standardization. Uh, unfortunately, I can't speak um, globally what that looks like, but uh, you know, I'm sure if you type in ESG or sustainability in your country, you know, you'll find some quite interesting things. But um, it is quite exciting right now because a lot of people are talking just about, okay, we know this is coming. Where do I start? What I love too, and you know, I think this is within the community industry that I identify a lot is, okay, I was assigned this role. Where do I start? What does my team look like? What is the pay scale? What technologies are we using? So I find it you know, really interesting because I'm taking a lot of what I've kind of grown up with being um, in community building. And it's been a little bit, for me, easier to talk to these people um, because it's building this whole new department. Whereas I'm not an accountant by trade for our other two user group types, the SEC and the SOX user groups. But um, you know, I, it's still, same thing still applies though. It's just kind of those trigger words, if that makes sense. Your time and attention are two of your most precious assets. So I'm honored you are using these here with me by listening to The Thriving Community Show. I'm Philippa Yilstrom, your host, advising business owners how to build successful memberships to earn recurring revenue and drive business growth. If you too want the competitive advantage and steady cash flow that building a membership can offer, then head over to my website, philippagillstrom.com. And yes, there are a number of ways to spell Philippa, and my last name is Swedish, so let me spell that for you. P-H-I-L-I-P-P-A-G-I-L-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. Let's connect and have a conversation. Yeah, and it's interesting as well that you're now working with an area that I imagine you're not exactly an expert in as when it comes to sustainability and waste and things like that. And yet you are creating this user group within the community, within this organization that's going to be working with this. So again, you don't have to be the expert in that, but I imagine you must be learning an awful lot about this. Yes, I am learning a lot about it. And I think kind of what is crucial or critical to starting a new user group or starting a new role in a field that you're not an expert with, you know, number one, trust and build those relationships internally within your organization. So I am super lucky and blessed that my boss was a former accountant. So he talks the talk um, and he definitely will always spend the time to educate me on these things. However, you know, I try my best to meet with other internal stakeholders within my organization that have these backgrounds just to kind of learn as much as I can and really break down what these key terms are. Another thing too, and kind of what I, the core reason of why I love user groups, it's the people, it's your community members. So, you know, the reason we started a lot of these user groups or especially in my particular case right now, we had external stakeholders that just wanted to meet, that wanted to talk, that wanted to network, that wanted to share their knowledge with others. And I just feel like those people are just super special too. 
you form those relationships where you build these relationships and bonds where um, in a way you break down those barriers where you can be super informal or just super open, just say, hey, this might sound like a silly question, but you know, what does, I'm going to throw out a accounting term, but like the 10K reports or the 10Q, like what is the SEC? What is internal controls? And I feel like just having those more candid conversations, not only do you learn about what the subject matter is, you also show interest to your members that you want to learn more about what they're specialized in and what they do. And you know, you kind of grow from there. You kind of start seeing the challenges. And it sounds cheesy, but the challenges, you know, no matter what industry, no matter what profession, all kind of are the same at the end of the day. And I'm again, I'm thinking. Some of the people that are listening to this, this podcast episode now may not really know what a user group really is. So could we sort of give a definition around that and why also then explain why it is that you decided to create a user group within a community around just ESG? Yeah. So I would say, you know, my definition of a user group is basically a group of like minds that want to connect a little bit more and kind of more narrowed down on a particular topic or specialty. And from my experience, I see the power of user groups with having that in-person, face-to-face kind of conversation or kind of that concept. And I hate to say, you know, for me, what was really the power of user group and what drew me to what user groups are is the power of in-person. And I know that's kind of a key hot topic right now of where do we go from here? And, you know, geez, how, how many years has this been with COVID? Three years, two years of this? <laughs> yes, well, we, we, we're getting confused about the number of years. So it's been way too long. We can certainly say that. It seems like forever. So, you know, and when COVID did kind of start off, I was kind of going back and forth with a hybrid concept, virtual, can we accomplish this with 100% virtual? Yes and no. I think you can get by with a virtual concept like we are doing with Zoom. And I know before we hit record, Philippa, we were just going back and forth. But I noticed with virtual conversations, it has to be a particular, I would say, demographic or personality type. I would say if you're more extroverted, more in that mindset of I want to give back, but also consume, you will get that value of doing a virtual user group. In my experience, there's nothing like being in an in-person user group meeting. It's just the body language, the energy in the room, the ability to, you know, once again, that body language component of reading when the start and pauses are. Um, I know we all kind of go through that even day to day of that awkward Zoom, like, uh, you go first. Oh, I'm sorry. That kind of those cues um, is what I'm saying. I think just that buzz and that energy of just being in person, being in a room is what is that value with what user groups are and what they always will be to me. Looking at it from a corporate standpoint or a organizational standpoint, the value that we see there is really bringing a group of champions, super users, and advocates together, whether or not it's virtual in person, and just being a fly on the wall, Mm. just sitting back, listening to what these members are so excited about. And it may be for revenue reasons. You know, in my previous organization, it was a little bit more of a support community. And they would really talk about the value of that platform, where they're at in terms of their customer journey or their prospect journey. 
And I mean, we just saw dollar signs. Uh, we had two members come together and they're saying, oh, we're thinking about buying, but you know, we're stuck here. Well, this is what I did. And that was just money right there. Um, for a current customer, though, it could be like expanding out on that business. And that's where you know, we really see that value in. Uh, another thing where we see value in, especially that relates to my organization, my community sits adjacent to my, my employer. We are a professionals group community that is sponsored by my employer, which really attracted me to this organization. Um, it's quite different from my previous experiences, but where we see value is yes, in revenue bookings, but also in the keywords. What are our members talking about that might relate to our subjects that we built these user groups for? Um, and we'll take kind of those conversations or um, those interviews and we'll relay it back. Um, we also do surveys. We do member surveys that focus on challenges they might be dealing with, technologies they're using, career development, things like that. Okay. I'm getting curious now as well, because you're talking about this new user group that you've created. And it sounds like from what you've said now, that you're mainly meeting in person. So then I'm curious, how then is this group feeding into what the rest of the community, I imagine, is very much online, because not the whole sort of community, as of the whole, um, all the members can meet in one room, that would, that would be impossible. So how, how are you working with this, what would then be a, a hybrid situation? Yeah. So what I'm really doing is, you know, working with the rest of my team here and educating, educating our members on what the value of our online platforms for. First and foremost, we send out, you know, automated email digests once a week. And with our newer platform, it is to hopefully curate their interests on certain blog topics, uh, events that they can join and kind of house them, draw them in through that way um, just to start exploring. So that is kind of one area of how we're trying to push people over to this online community. Another area too is just really educating and working with our, what we call our co-chairs or chapter chairs. They are the ones that are hosting these meetings in person. And we put together these slide decks, these templated slide decks, where I like to call ads. We'll put in a few ads. One of those ads is actually to promote what the concept of the community is. It is a goal of ours to work with our chairs to really get them comfortable to talk about that slide, talk about the value of that slide. And that's kind of a the first phase. The second phase too is actually just working one-on-one -on -one with our chairs to have them see the value of this community. And where I'm really trying to show them the value of this community is number one, you know, if they do have that interest in building up their status as a thought leader, blogs. Blogging is a simple way to do that, right? They are an author of this publication that we will send out to all of our members. Our members have access for that. It will tie back to their profile. Another avenue too is just really um, exposing them to the forums. It's getting over that shy phase of posting and asking a question. And honestly, I go through that too. Do I sound stupid? And it, it's, it's shockingly surprising of, you know, it takes just that one-on-one -on -one conversation and it's better to do that, you know, via Zoom call or call them up on the phone for five minutes and just talking to them. Help them curate what that question is and have them post that. And then also reassure them too. 
Another community manager trick of the trade, have somebody in your back pocket that can respond to them within a couple of days as a confidence booster, right? And I see you're shaking your head. Yeah. Um, we're kind of going through that right now with this brand new platform. We don't have too much content right now. So every time I get a question posted, I have my core group of leaders. I'll email them. Can you please just like reply back? Oh, that is really great. Yeah, I'm nodding like this going, yes, 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 I get it. I get it. To have those people that will get everything going and, and help help one another feel good. I really like the idea as well, how you are um, lifting up the individual members by inviting them to write blog posts. That, that was a very good idea. And mailing that out to everybody so they can really see, wow, this, this member is, is quite a thought leader and, and is producing content for our community. This is fabulous. What, what is this person? You know, I'd like to get in conversation with this person. I can imagine as well that the blog post is material to comment on as well and to have a conversation around, which is online. And then the other thing I was um, thinking as well is that I really like the idea that of you phoning somebody one-to-one and, and together kind of crafting that post and, and then getting them to post. It's, it's a very simple and very effective way. Of, of helping people get over the initial, well, well, what do, what do I have to say? You know, or who am I to say anything? And, and all the, the negative self-talk that we have as well. So that, that's, that's, um, that's very good. Great, great tips there. Yeah. It's often overlooked. And, you know, I'm a, I am an offender of that. You know, we have so much going on, but really do think back to what the core values and the goals are of your community. You know, obviously what I'm, talking to you guys today about might not apply to every situation, but really the value of my user groups and my community is thought leadership. So, you know, I always kind of have to take a step back and, okay, if we want thought leadership, how do we get to that point? We've also kind of built status within um, this community of kind of that exclusivity. Um, You know, we have created super user roles like chairs, we have another kind of a category of executive advisors and leadership. They have kind of specific criteria of what they want, but it is really cluing in on why did we pick these people and where do we want to go from here? I don't think I mentioned this uh, you know, in my introductions, but I inherited this community. So there's a lot of things I'm really trying to rewrite and rework. So there is that challenge of we kind of were using our community just as a glorified events page, but we had so much power and value of what the platform can do or what the possibilities are. So yes, I think in-person stuff is still very important, but how can we get people to move over to the online community? So it is, you know, like I was just talking about blogging and getting our leaders and our chapter advisors excited about using the tool, but also what is the value to members? And the quick 10 second, you know, pitch I give to them, well, this is the user group but it's available to you 24-7. That's what I want to get to, to that point. Reducing that fear of posting that question and hopefully getting an, an answer right away. So that is my one of my personal goals of what I'm hoping to accomplish for this community. Okay, so in a nutshell, which is perfect because you kind of answered the question I was about to ask, I'm going to summarize what I've understood now, is that you took on this community, which was, as you said, a glorified events page. And you are now 
changing it and redefining it almost. I mean, well, you are, you're redefining it to be a community which is made up of many, many different user groups that are available to these people 24-7. Correct. So that, that's the ultimate goal then. So this is where you're moving from a glorified events page to a, a user group-based community available to people 24-7 and it's active and people are getting answers almost immediately. This is really exciting. So on that continuum from the glorified events page to where you want to go, where are you now? Where's, how would you describe the community right now? So we can get a feel of where you are on this journey. Yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a breaking of habits. So it's going to be a slow process. You know, there really wasn't a lot of thought into doing what I was just explaining that simple answering back of replying or even just like a, um, a introduce me page. Sorry. I had to like pause and like think because it's, it's so, um, it's so, uh, what am I trying to say here? It, 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 uh, it's so innate to what we do, right? Like it's kind of part of the community manager's handbook of let's have an about me or introduce me topic. That wasn't really thought or, you know, um, there wasn't, the value wasn't there. Like, and so it's not only I had to educate or I'm having to educate our members and our leaders that are external, it's educating our internal team as well. So, you know, I'm having to, train my internal team who largely are marketers. I sit within the marketing department. So in a way, that's been kind of a fun side project too. You know, like I said, I am a community builder at heart. So having me kind of fit within my newer organization also has been exciting to them for me to just educate them on the value of this power of, you know, as soon as we can create that core seed of community advocates and champions and user group leaders, the rest is history. It is the most sustainable way to go about things, scale up. And sorry, I forgot. What was the other part of your question? I'm, I'm also loving <laughs> what you're saying right now. So I was also like, wow, that, was, that just sounds so amazing. You've just done this most amazing advertisement for why community building is the business model of the future. <laughs> so Exactly. Yeah, it is. It is just kind of, um, it, it's, been, it's been a slow process, but it is really just re- I am basically, actually, I'm trying to lay down some astroturf here. Let me give you this analogy. I'm trying to lay some astroturf or artificial turf in my yard, but it is like I have to take out the grass. I have to put weed killer. We have to put, it's different layers. It's going to take some time mm. and I have to pretty much undo everything. These, at least for our, our one community, the SEC Pro community user group type, it's been around for over 10 years. So it's like, I'm having to undo 10 years of, you know, um, one process or one thought of having to do things. The other kind of thing that I'm also having to deal with too is really enabling our community members. And once again, this is kind of going back to what I said previously about driving. What is that value to our advocates or our champions? Like, why are the user group leaders? And I think this is going to sound quite familiar to a lot of folks that are listening. A lot of these champions or user group leaders were brought on just because of their title and their company name. And that's not always a great fit. So it's kind of undoing that too of like, okay, how do we transition these folks out in a nice way? Or how do we compromise and meet them in the middle that they can at least try to do the bare minimum? Yeah. 
and still retain them. So I'm kind of going through that too. So in a way, I'm doing a complete overhaul. On top of that, you know, like Philippa mentioned in my intro, I also had to move over to this brand new platform and build this new community. So there's a lot. And I think a lot of you hopefully are nodding your heads of, yes, I'm doing this too. (laughs) Yes. Amazing. This is really very exciting. So prioritization is if I, at the end of all of this, it's prioritizing. It's prioritizing what you can and you can't do. It's making sure you are managing up to your leadership and what expectations are. When I started in this role, I wanted to focus on re-engaging, getting to that concept of a 365 days a year user group type concept for the two older user groups. Priority shifted and I largely was spending most of this year focusing on building up this brand new community. So now, you know, we have all three community user group types. So I'm interchanging them both because at the core, they are user groups, but they are kind of subject topic communities. Anyway, So it is kind of being flexible, making sure that you are managing up, making sure that you are communicating and being very transparent about what you can do too. And lastly, in addition to that, another wrench just got thrown in. Um, We had a big team change. Um, We had some folks leave my team. So it is shifting once again and being agile and flexible of what you can and can't do. Mm. I want to draw out a couple of things that you said here as well, which I think is really, really important and very, very interesting as well, is how community building and and having super users, champions is not the same as having titles and positions within the, the company. The reason why you get that title or position is not necessarily going to be the reason why you are a super user and, and a champion within a community. And and you, I think it's really important to highlight that, the fact that the community is a very different animal to what the company is used to. And it's not always understood that we are tapping into different competencies to create what then becomes that, that flywheel effect and that, and, and as you were saying earlier, that it then basically grows and and runs itself because you've got the right people in place answering the 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 posts enabling other members and creating content and being the thought leader as well i love how you were bringing up this with thought leadership we forget that that in a community this is a place where we can really nurture our thought leadership as well and and help one another to take concepts and ideas we already know and expand on them and make them our own and bring that thought, that concept into the world. And that is what thought leadership is about. It's not about quoting somebody else and telling, you know, reporting on something else. So again, I, I, I really wanted to highlight those two things, those aspects there of community building, which I think we we might miss and and is what makes community building or communities worth their weight in gold yeah totally worth their weight in gold and i think this is just another advice for anybody listening out there too when you want to start up a super user user group leader type program really think about what your audience is think about who and what the max capacity is to stand this up it takes people it takes people enough people to on the user group side 
to have interest and to want to show up. You know, basic numbers of what you pull through, you know, your admin portals on the back end. And I'm going to look at from a localization perspective, it's data. You know, it may say there are 50 people in Los Angeles, for example. But of those 50, who is going to show up? Who is going to lead? And I think that's in my experience of where a lot of my organizations, uh, I felt kind of we failed on that side. That's coming down to, did we put in the right people to do this? Or is it worth waiting? The best part about an online community is you just have to stand up the page, curate some questions or seed those questions in and wait, nurture, once again, nurture and, and using the community to see who is kind of the most frequent contributor, who's showing that interest. And, you know, in hindsight, looking back, and this is with my previous organization, we started adapting that, you know, and it, it's going to take time. My previous organization, we had like, I forget how many thousands of users. I think we were approaching like 10 to 30,000 users, but it was enough to create that funnel. Um, and we started shifting. How do we look at thought leaders? How do we look at recommending or approaching potential user group leaders, looking at their contributions on the community and then handpicking them from there, selecting them from there. Um, and it's a way to, you know, constantly maintaining the community contributions, but also providing kind of that elevated or that exclusive status that somebody has to work towards. And I also like the idea as well, the fact that we, with a community, are able to lift up and and encourage people to grow that perhaps wouldn't get a fancy title in the organization, in the corporation, because perhaps they're not perceived to have what is required in order to be that particular boss, or they're not even interested in, in having that particular title. They may have even said, no, I don't want it because that would mean I'd end up doing admin work and I, I'm actually very good at what I do. So there's that situation as well. But the community is another way for corporations and organizations to give employees the opportunity to step forward and show their leadership, show what they are capable of, show their abilities, their, their, it is a natural thing, isn't it? At the same time as I want to come back to what you were saying as well, it's all about changing habits. And I'm thinking as well, a community is a, is a wonderful, um, fertile ground to help people change habits and discover things about themselves that they didn't know. They may not be aware that they are uh, and have the gifts and talents to be an amazing, powerful leader within a community and yet encouraging them to change their habits to perhaps post, as you were saying, giving them a call or seeing how they they answer people. They might not actually be posting themselves, but how do they interact with others and helping to draw out that aspect of them? I think it gives in, in a corporation or an organization just more possibility to to lift up people and and give them a sense of what I do is meaningful and I have impact, which is what motivates and drives us and really makes us happy. It's not money by the way. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I also just always tell users or even internally too, the concept of community is, and I, I don't know if this is a saying worldwide, but take a penny, leave a penny. <laughs> it, 
I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but yes, yes. You know, sometimes at stores, there's like a little jar that says take a penny, leave. That's pretty much what community is. It is getting into that mindset. And it is a conversation I have a lot, especially with the community I've inherited and the leadership. I want you to post because your members, and it's enabling, it's empowering them. And another, you know, I say, your members look to you for leadership. It's not only just, um, you know, in person, you get up there on stage and you introduce stuff. You know, I need you to get on the community and just set the example. And a lot of times too, um, you know, our members or sorry, our user group leaders will defer and say, well, I don't know what my community wants. Have you asked them? Or they'll say, oh, I want to do a survey. Well, an online survey is great, but we haven't, if we haven't conditioned them, the members to go to the community, they're not going to respond. So either you need to ask them in person, which is daunting enough to spend that time in the meeting to say, hey, what does everybody think? Or the simple way would be, yes, let's just put a survey out. And in a way, it's automated. Everybody takes their time. You collect that data, but you have to train them to actually go there. So usually when I have that conversation, it does kind of flick that switch on a bit of, okay, yeah, maybe I need to just spend five minutes. And that's all it really takes, right? Five minutes. And go in and ask questions, start conversations, answer the comments that come in or the other posts that come in. Exactly. It's, it's, all, it's all basically down to what is it that, that humans do when we enter into conversations with one another? We ask, answer questions, we tell stories. And I, I guess as well, this, there's um, an aspect there that you're talking about too. Show interest in the other members. Because you were saying, you know, the leaders are like, well, I don't know what the, the members want. No, because you're not showing interest. So now you have the tool where you can naturally show interest and get a lot more information out of these people than you perhaps wouldn't get because you've got this asynchronous conversation going all the time and people can answer when they, when they feel like. Definitely. Yeah. Fascinating. It's been really, really interesting talking to you all about this, Lauren. I, I'm, I'm sure I could continue talking to you for at least another hour. Um, so I think we will definitely meet again and we'll talk about other aspects of the community and all of the wealth of experience that you have as well. It's very interesting how you've worked in a very different organization and how you've come in here and very clearly have ideas and concepts of how you're going to change this community. It, that, that is you know, a lot of, a lot of listeners here might be just starting their very first community. Well, they're not going to be in that phase where you are at, where you're going in and going, I, I know what works. I can see what isn't working. I know what I want to change and, and actually have that experience, that ability. So that is, um, quite fascinating. I'd love to talk about more. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Lauren. If people would like to get in contact with you and find out more, where would they do that? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, my name is Lauren and we'll put it down in the show notes, I assume, but Ueno, um, it's a Japanese last name that doesn't really exist in the formal Japanese language. And then you can find me on Twitter at um, Ueno and it is kind of phonetically spelled. So I'll make sure to pass that information along. But yeah, give me a chat anytime. Like you were saying, Philippa, Never stop learning um, is kind of my thing. Yes, I have these ideas in my head and I have these concepts, but 
it really comes down to where, where I am still evolving in my career is meeting with other community members and just talking, talking about anything. I love talking about user groups because that's kind of where I got my start, but I'm also starting to look more into community operations. My role as a director is evolving a little bit more where I don't need to be in the weeds deep working with members so much. I, based off of my background and my knowledge, I'm looking more and developing more into, like I said, community operations or platform development. So I think that is kind of my near to late term future of what I'm doing. So, you know, I I have a core group of folks that, you know, I can phone up at any point in time. So anybody, you know, listening, don't be a stranger, happy to, you know, schedule a 30 minute call just to talk. And fascinating as well. You're giving us also a view of what, how a career path can look like within the world and industry of community from manager to director to, yeah, the different areas that, it, that it's possible for you to start focusing on. Um, so very, very interesting, Lauren. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. And that wraps up another broadcast of The Thriving Community Show, brought to you by InfoStack, the number one discount bundle site on the internet helping you get hold of premium collections of tools, training, and resources so you can achieve your goals while saving up to 99% off the retail price. And that, my friends, seems like a pretty good deal to me. Find out more at infostack.io. Remember, too, that when you buy from Infostack for the first time, Use the special discount only you get for being a thriving community show listener. Click on the link on the podcast episode page. And when you check out, you will get 10% off your first purchase. The bundles they put together are already ridiculously cheap. And now you get another 10% off. Be sure to head over to infostack.io. They release about two new bundles a month and have the occasional flash sale too. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a raving review and share what you learned. It really helps to spread the word about this podcast so more businesses and entrepreneurs can use the power of community and create greater impact in the world. And finally, if you need help building and growing your community and membership site, and earning recurring revenue so you can spend your time on what matters most to you, head on over to philippagillstrom.com. Let's have a chat and uncover what you can create moving forward. That's it for this episode. Breathe in deeply, pause for a second, and now go be fabulous you.